the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everyone. It's another edition of Woods and Water, South Carolina. Bringing you, I don't know what all we're bringing you today. Lots of random stuff. Lots of random stuff today, yes. Yes, Mary Rowe will, will be with us next week on the show. Hopefully we make our schedule work. Might have to pack somebody in. Taylor, our schedule has fallen apart officially. Yes, it has. It never has. You always do we it. We tried to plan yeah. very well. And you but. try to make it stick, but there's always stuff coming up. I mean, I, I just got a phone call yesterday. we got to fit another something in because the National Oceanic, Oceanographic Atmospheric Association has just gone off their rockers. You just, I, I'll, I'll tease that now and fill you in. But we gotta, we got to cover some stuff on there. they just off the deep end, literally off the deep end. That's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, welcome into uh, the show. My name is Roger Metz. I'm your host, and I've got a co-host over here. I, I'm the co-host. I'm Taylor. <laughs> and um, if you're if you're hearing an ad on on WGTK or WQXL for Verdon's Farm and Garden Center in Lawrence, South Carolina, uh, deer hunters, you need to go by and check them out. Uh, we often hear shop local. This is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Whitson Verdon down at uh, Verdon's Farm and Garden Center has a has pretty much everything you need. Deer stands, mineral licks, trail cameras, corn. Should have gone there to get me some lucky buck. We still have time. It is just August. This is true. I keep feeling like it's September. Oh no, no, don't don't go there. I do because but school's no, starting. I know, <laughs> but don't go there because you gloss around over dove season opening. I know, I know, I know. We can't forget dove season. Look, if, if you plant a dove field. You can't. You have to plant some round top millet. It is the most drought tolerant, mm-hmm. and I I was really worried about ours, but we got some good seed head production. I'm very Especially excited. okay, and this is what I can't understand. <clears throat> I planted a lot of brown top mm-hmm. with a no till drill, mm-hmm. and it's horrible. I mean, it, it, that's where I've got the most weed competition because I don't use chemicals. Um. Uh, but when I go through with a hurricane spreader and plant brown top like I did on the secondary plantings, just as thick and lush, no weed competition whatsoever. Just a brown top just it shades everything else out. So unless I can figure out a way to plant in between all the no-till, in other words, drilling rows, and then come back in and half drill, you know, make them instead of seven inches, make them three inches apart, I'm just going to start doing all my brown top back with a hurricane spreader like I used to. Years and years and years ago, but yeah. So it's a hurricane spreader is just such a pain. Not when it's 500 pounds. It goes on the back of a tractor. You've been using a shoulder spreader to fill in. But, but I'd ha- well, I say I'd have, to, I'd have to still go fill in with that. No, 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 huh? No, no. We no, no. We use okay, the hurricane so spreader on the back of the tractor. Well, I knew that's what you were. Yeah, I didn't know if I had to go fill. No, in no, no. We'll just whatever 
Whatever we do, two different plantings, we'll do them both off the hurricane You don't have to do much of the hurricanes, the shoulder spreader. You didn't do any this year. I did it for you. No, I did one round of it. Yeah, because I put the bird mix out. Oh, that's right. You went to the small plots. Yeah, you went to the road All plots. All the way up the hill yeah, and out the back. Good. And it's looking pretty good, by the way. Is Just it? so you know, since you haven't good. seen it for a while. Are all the blackberries dried up? Oh, yeah. Blackberries long gone. Man. Well, I got me like a good handful. A handful, of them. yeah. I know. They, they come and go so mm-hmm. fast, and you got to be over there. But anyway, yeah, you got to plant some brown top. It, it, it's, it has saved a many a dove field when the deer found the sunflowers <laughs> and mowed them down. I and, still want to try sunflowers. Uh, the, the, no, it won't, it won't make it. No, I just want to try them one more time. You know, you know why they have so many sunflowers? I found out a tidbit of information here. When you go to Draper Wildlife Management Area, you know why the sunflowers are there's so many of them and why they're all out there. And because the guy over Draper goes out and scares off the deer at night. <laughs> I could do that. Hey, he's get, get. he's young, single, <laughs> and uh, he likes his he likes his pretty sunflowers. What do you do pit. for a living? Oh, I chase deer uh, off sunflowers. sunflowers yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, sunflowers a little bit. A little bit more. I mean, if you you can put a deer fence up around them. I know Ron Fleming down at Wings and Antlers in uh, Pendleton does that when he it is client fields and all. He'll do a lot of deer fencing. Uh, but if you're just planting sunflower and you haven't had deer find it yet, you're still lucky. I was lucky for two or three years. The deer found it, and then you have little, just a lot of little pale white nubs out of the ground because they go through and just mow it down. And I'm glad they like it. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Got to got to go coyote hunting with a thermoscope the other night, Taylor. And how was that? Blinding. Really? <laughs> Blinding. Oh man, that thing is so bright uh, at night. Doesn't sound fun. Oh, it was kinda of fun. Saw saw some deer, no coyotes. I you know, I killed four coyotes last year. We had we had a mess of coyotes last year and the year before that. And for a few years there, you go out and blow the coyote call and just you be they'd be all around seven, you. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't heard any in over like six seven months now, and we called and with a the thermal, you know, you can pretty much supposed to see everything, and I think you could. Um, no coyotes, which is bizarre because I got I got little bitty bunny rabbits running around. <laughs> I mean little bitty bunny rabbits <laughs> running around. Um, I ran up five. Immature quail, this year's clutch. In other words, they just hatched back mm-hmm. in May or June or whatever, because they're real small. I looked at them like, God, they fly just like quail, but they're not mature. And then I flushed them again. I'm like, Oh, oh, oh this year's hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> during a thunderstorm, this is funny. I was sitting here in a thunderstorm last Saturday, and uh, Mama Doe ran across the field, and I'm like. Oh, wow, look at that. I wonder if she's being chased by Cody. Ran and got my rifle, sitting out there waiting. And here she comes back with her little white spotted little fellow in tow. And the only thing I can think of is she got worried about where she'd stashed him with the rain and the thunder and all. And went to get him and said, come on back with me. We'll go somewhere else. It's safer. That's pretty cool. You just never know what you're going to see when you're out no, in nature. You don't. Never know. Uh, what else happened this week? Because we got a calendar. I don't want to get in the calendar this late. Um, I still remember that, speaking of coyote hunting, I still remember that first time I went coyote hunting with you off the deck, and um, we had that big old oh, dog now, Oh, yeah, out. oh, and he would not, he sat at the end of the pasture. But he howled. And, oh, he was deep. Yeah, that was not like a yip-yap one. That oh, no, was no, no, a, no, it was a, ooh, ooh 
Ooh. It, was, uh, it was more like the wolf type. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't like that it at was, all. It was a little bit freaky because <laughs> you could see him. It was full moon. He was gray, wasn't he? Hey, he looked black to me that he, far away. Hey, anyway, it was the moonlight. Yeah, it was, it was full, full moon. Night. And, uh, buddy, he was sitting there 500 yards away. And it, it was it was but obvious. But he sat there. You know, yeah. you're talking. Yeah, you're talking like what five, six hundred yards away. Five hundred yards. And he's sitting there on the edge, and it's like it's almost like you know he can see you. Yeah, <laughs> like that's he, right. He's sitting there looking at you yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like he's not really fooled. He's just letting you know I, yeah. I see you up yeah, there. I did not like that at yeah. all. He was really deep though. Wow, he was deep. <laughs> that was that is the kind. Of like experience that will make you check twice before you get out your stand at night. <laughs> Does he still remember me? Yeah, really. <laughs> Is he still hanging around out here? He's still out there looking for you, Taylor. <laughs> you feel like you're being watched now. <laughs> I, you know, I don't mind admitting it. Every once in a while, I've been deer hunting since I was, I don't know, five years old, and not going in the woods early in the morning. But you know, just well, I, you know, it wasn't too many years after that I was sitting on the ground by myself or or uh on a couple of two by fours nailed up in a pine tree or something like that. That was the original deer stands we used to hunt in. Um and uh yeah, it, it to this day there there are certain times I'll go in the woods early or especially when it's real cold and just mm-hmm. deathly quiet. Oh wait, that's that's creepy. And yeah. and you know, it, it you just feel like something's watching you and the mm-hmm. hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're like Scaredy cat, you have a gun. What are you worried about? <laughs> well, I just know walking, I have to walk down the field, down the middle of the field, and over to the left side of the pine tree to get to my stand at um, the edge of the woods. And you had to walk all the way down. And I just know there's sometimes yeah. when, I'm, like, it's early, early in the morning, and you're walking in and feel like, hmm, I wonder what's in this tall grass with oh, me. Yeah. And then you get over to the pine trees, and you're just like, I wonder what's watching from the pine trees. <laughs> Probably things you don't want to know about. Mm-hmm. I do have a coyote trail cam out, so if I see Bigfoot, I'll Bigfoot, be sure I not to let you know. <laughs> All right. Y'all hang on. We'll be back with more Woods and Water South Carolina side of the break. Just to clarify, I do have a trail camera. We it was a down. gift. We broke down. No, it was a gift. Down. It was a gift. And I use it. I do not put it up under stands or anything like that. I, it is, I want to see if I have any coyotes. Where did you put it this time? I'm not telling you. Now, come on. I'm not telling you where I put it. Why? Because. So, you don't need to know. Because. You don't need to know. In other words, it's close to your stand. You don't want me coming over there and hunting your stand. No, we can go hunt my stand anytime you want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, all that talk about... You're too scared to climb up in my stand. Uh-uh. Yours is what? Was it seven? 22 feet. <laughs> so was like, okay. No, yeah. I, I... You go for it if you want to. And we'll stand there and look up at... It. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I climb higher than that. Or I used to climb higher than that. I don't like climbing. I don't climbing. like climbing anymore. I don't, I've never liked it. You never like climbing. You I used to, I one, one, it doesn't catch right on the back of the tree when you're climbing up there. Oh, I've slid down trees before. Don't get me wrong. Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. A, 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 um, a poplar tree. I, no, sir. Uh-uh. 
I climb one poplar of the tree. poplar trees. They're not much bark on it. That's right. They don't have any bark on it. Yeah. Much. Yeah, that's why I don't climb them. And did you try to climb them once? Oh, we used to. Until <laughs> I slid almost 30 feet down a poplar tree. <laughs> yeah, no. See? Uh-uh. It was it was cold and rainy. Oh, so all the whole tree's wet. whole tree's wet. Got up there before dark, sitting there. I went to adjust. Shortly after daylight, I went to adjust the stand so a little bit. You were already up there. And slid. Oh, no. And these are in the days where I didn't. There were no life jacket, life vests. Life jackets. I'm sorry. Yeah, no no harnesses, no lifelines. I was in a two-piece aluminum stand, a homemade aluminum stand, somebody, mm. and slid. Nope. Yes, sir, buddy. See, I... I was, it was... I, yeah, I, I don't like... I mean, that was probably the beginning of me not liking climbing. Um, I never climbed a white oak or a red oak because you don't want to scar up your, your yeah. mass trees. Um, sweet gums are okay. I don't mind climbing sweet gum. Pine trees, man, it just tears a pine tree up. Well, see, I was going to say, if I had to climb, I'd climb a pine tree. Yeah, but it, it, it does. It, it it really seats in well. But, man, if you climb a pine tree and then go look at it a week after you climbed it. Oh, that backside. Oh, it's, well, it's the front and the back because you got teeth on both sides or a bar on whatever. And it just <clears throat> it, it digs really well into the bark, but then it the sap just runs. Hmm. And... uh so yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't mind messing up a couple yeah, of come trees. You go, you go for no, it. Anytime you no, want to no, go, no, no. There, you just have not, at it. Not until somebody gives me his bow when he's ready nah, to get a new one. Not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Buy your own bow. I'm You're working broke. now. I broke. You're working, girl. Not yet. <laughs> December. <laughs> you, work, you work this summer. Um, yeah. So I do have one trail camera. I do not put it up to. A range of time I can go shoot a certain animal in my place or where we hunt. It's uh, it's out there just to see. If Bigfoot decides to hang yeah, out. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to know if Bigfoot's around. <laughs> so far we haven't seen him. Uh, have seen a few coyotes. Have seen a few pigs. Oh, pigs. Um, God. And, I mean, I, trust me, there, there are deer out there. But it's uh, it, that's not why I put it out. I don't, I don't deer hunt via trail camera. <laughs> I deer, all this- I deer hunt. I go in and just, and that's the joy of deer hunting. I mean, a lot of, and I understand, I understand people love to know what's out there and oh, look what I've got. And the tr- trouble is, if that deer is coming out at three o'clock in the morning, you ain't never. Why are you it? expecting to see him out in daylight? <laughs> you know, just, I, yeah, he may mess up. Chances are he's not. You can on a up. on a cold and rainy day, he may mess up. He may mess up, but. You know, I, I love I love all the nighttime pictures. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! Now, those deer are always going to come out. At night. Yeah, at the bottom, it's reading like four thirty or three forty-five yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, and they're coming to a corn feeder. And those deer can sit. Those deer, I mean, to, except during except for during the rut, and maybe when the acorns are dropping, those deer are conditioned to come out at night and feed that corn feeder because it's they don't have to browse and have forage. Right. They have to look for the food. It's steady. And if you got that deer, I, yeah, anyway, that's just me. But I, I do enjoy uh, seeing all my little fawns and, and making sure they're around. And when I do see a coyote, though, it becomes a coyote hunt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway. All right, the calendar. We'll get around to something meaningful here shortly. Uh, brought to you by Capital City. Lake Murray Country. Palmetto Trail is having what they're calling Walk SC. 
it's uh, and we're a little late getting into this, and I hate that, but I just sometimes Y'all I just can't find this stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a 12-week walking program based around personal step counting. It started on July 11th and will end September 26th. Each week, there's a step goal to reach corresponding to a section of the Palmetto Trail, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I like to check my step step counting once a while. I think I average like 3,500 steps a day. It's you. Which is pretty good. I think. It's all going up and down the, the stairs. stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Half the time I get to the top of the stairs, I know, why did I get up? <laughs> then you go right back down. I go back down and surround myself in the office with, oh, yeah, that's why I went. Then I, then I make a note back and go up. back upstairs. So, okay. So, yeah, but Palmetto Trail's got a lot of And Mary will be on with us hopefully next week to talk about some of the stuff they got going on. Just a quick reminder, uh, lottery hunt applications are due this Monday, August 15th at, was it 5 o'clock? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, if you were if you were like like Emily said last week, if you are five oh one you're late. Try again next year. Yeah. Uh Tuesday, August twenty third at six thirty PM they're having a wildlife management seminar in Bishopville, South Carolina. It's at the South Carolina Cotton Museum. It's uh an event by Pig Creek Feed and Garden Supply L L C. Anyone on and off Facebook? Uh, join Cargill and Pennington representatives as they discuss feeding and food plot programs to help you grow bigger deer. Fun for all. A meal will be provided by us, and you got a RSVP by August the 18th. So that's coming up really quick. That is uh, Thursday, if you're interested in going to this. And, I, you know, bigger deer, let's just say healthier deer. Yeah. Uh, that, that's Sometimes I get frustrated with that sort of thing. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, Lake Joe Cassie Sunday Bass Shootout is gonna be on us tomorrow. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, from six a.m. to three p.m. It's a fifty dollar entry fee. Um, it's standard t- tournament rules: five fish limit, twelve inch spots and smallies, and fourteen inch largemouth. Go up there and stop at the um that truck or the truck stop right there by the F-R. boat repair place. No, uh, uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. Oh. Right up there where you can go one way to Kiwi. Devil's Fork, yeah. I and the name of Lake Shop or something like that. Yeah, go up there and get you some Pringles and a peace tea in your set for the day. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the crunchy chicken. Crunchy what? Yeah, they they do that crunchy fried chicken up there. Do you remember we had that a couple times? Well, I thought it was Spinks. <laughs> no, well, Spinks has good chicken, too. Spinks has very good chicken. <clears throat> but theirs is that crunchy, spicy chicken. I said, I don't do spicy. Well, we did that. It was good. I don't do the spicy. But yes. Oh, and also, yeah. Do stop at the F Mart and get you some breakfast. A breakfast sandwich, Mm. a sausage, egg, Mm. and cheese breakfast sandwich. On toast, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Do you think we do a lot of stuff outdoors because we can eat? (laughs) What was it? Chris came on here the other day and says you have the the best documented. Foodie Food. of ICAST oh, yeah. for the year. On, on social media. <laughs> oh, and also get you some boiled peanuts. Try and find you some daggum boiled peanuts up there because we have lost our boiled peanut person. Yes, and I did some research on that. We're trying to make our own boiled peanuts now. Yeah. And if we and master I, the recipe, we may or may not share it with you. Well, and I found there's a there's a variety of peanuts. Valencia's is Valencia's, the one, that's, that's it. The one Valencia we, peanuts. We and Cromer's. Cromers in Columbia has them. They have them on their website. So I've got to go to Columbia. Well, I got to get a little mountain to pick up my shotgun uh, from the gunsmith. We're going to Columbia to get and our peanuts. I'm going to Columbia to get my peanuts. <laughs> That's right. 
I looked at the peanut guy's website the other day, and it says closed reopening soon. <laughs> wonder how long that's been out there. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, there's, there's been a serious – COVID took a serious toll on the on the roadside on the, yeah. peanut market. Well, we always we had our lady. We had our yeah. our plug. Well, <laughs> there, there and then there was another peanut place that was really good in White Rock <clears throat> at the White Rock gas station. Was it a trailer? Yeah, it was a trailer. They had really good peanuts too. Hmm. But the Valencia peanuts, those are the ones. <clears throat> you know, they're three they're or four thicker, yeah. nut. No, mm-hmm. they're four nut. They're longer and they're smaller. They're little red skin, small peanuts. They're kind of sweet. The peanuts itself are they're a little bigger than regular peanuts, right? No, no. They're smaller than the regular ones. They're smaller than the roasted peanuts you get at the ballpark. But they have a natural sweetness to them. And they're considered the best boiled peanuts. And that's what most people, when you get boiled peanuts, that's what you get. And, but unless you get, oh, what's the one that's canned? Oh, we don't do no canned no, stuff. No, but there are some anyway. Also, okay. if we see any of y'all eating boiled peanuts with your hands, you're doing it the wrong way. Well, Maybe. No, you put it on your rod, crack it open, then you take one part out, try and get the rest of it out, and then you spit the other part out. That's how you That's how you eat boiled peanuts. Okay. You say so. I'm just saying. Open Bass Tournament. It's an annual fundraiser for A Place for Us Ministries International. Saturday, August 27th, Drew Island State Park, Lake Murray, South Carolina. The uh, tournament side ramp, safe light until 2 o'clock, guaranteed $2,000 first place. Um, fishing, food, and friendship. There we go. Can't get much better than that. Uh, we'll be serving hot dogs, chips, and a drink at weigh-in. Donations are appreciated, and um, the Superior Roofing is sponsoring a big bonus, big, big bass bonus. Jeez, Louise. Uh, but you can uh, find more information at aplaceforus.com. Okay. Um, there's going to be a open team bass tournament on Drew Island, or out of Drew Island, uh, on August 20th to benefit Wheel and Reel, and it's a program for disabled vets. They take up fishing. Um, so this tournament is going to be safe light until 3 p.m. It's $120 per team, and I'm struggling, um... And they have some pretty good payouts for first, second, and third. And there's some prizes and, yeah. And the fish are on the cane piles on Lake Murray. <clears throat> Which we are hopefully going to go find out yep. at some point soon. At some point. All right. That's the calendar. We've uh, we got a little bit of other interesting stuff to do. And then we're going to take the last segment, I think, and go over all the changes for this year. At the uh, the legislature and the Sacramento Department of Natural Resources have for us. So, hang on. More Woods of Water, South Carolina, inside the break. Ah, Rico Kasich in the cars. Probably one of the weirdest looking dudes you've ever seen. <laughs> and I think he dated Christy Brinkley or something like that. He dated some you're, really hot actress back in the 80s. You're throwing out all these names. I have absolutely no idea who they are. <laughs> Speaking of which, we lost 
Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John this last week. I didn't know who that was because I love Grease. Yep. <laughs> Hate to see that. Um, I I wanted to make some. I wanted to make you aware of something. We're going to cover this in a lot more detail. Upcoming, there is a. Um, you might want to put this on your uh, calendar. September the fourteenth from four to six p.m. Uh, 2008 Savannah Highway in Charleston, South Carolina, the South Atlantic Fishery Management Council is going to have a public comment session on bottom fishing restrictions. They are trying to shut down a lot of bottom fishing along the East Coast, and they are also trying to implement a, let me get this right here, they are trying to implement, and it's already up in the Northeast, some, but it's only vessels over 65 feet long. They are not. They are now trying to implement a mandatory speed restriction of 10 knots or less to include vessels from 35 feet and up to avoid collisions with the North Atlantic right whale, which migrates the coast. So, off the if I recall right, off the coast of South Carolina, that 10 knot. Speed restriction would be in place from November 1st through April the 15th through the migration zone. And it was 20 nautical miles or 30 nautical miles or something like that. Uh, so they're trying to close off a lot of bottom fishing areas out there and they're trying to impose a 10 knot speed limit for any vessel over 35 feet. And we're going to have more on this. Um, and the, and the public comment. So if you like bottom fishing out of South Carolina, if you like trolling, I mean, my goodness, that winter Wahoo trolling session would be, God, take you five hours to get out there. And then five hours to get back. It's, it's a, it's a hole. Yeah. It, well, it's just a killer. It's going to kill recreational fishing. So anyway, just, just be aware of that. It's out there. We're going to have some more information and, and all coming up. But I wanted to get that out there. September 14th, 6 to 8, in Charleston is the public comment. And I guess they're only having one in South Carolina. But we have um, South Carolina Boating and Fishing Alliance is mobilizing. We have legislators on board, both in the House and the Senate, uh, to oppose this until some studies are completed. There's studies ongoing out there, and they're trying to implement this stuff before the studies are finished. Uh and on the bottom fishing side, and the right whale thing is just, that's just out of left field. But anyway, put that on your calendar. Make sure you're aware of it, and we'll keep you posted here with a lot more information that is coming. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Cha-ching. And what? <laughs> there we go. There that we was go. better. Okay. All right. Good sound effects, Dad. I can, you may look up on YouTube for you. Can get sound no, okay. no, right, no. I don't need any additional sound effects. Okay. <clears throat> Um, we talk about this a lot on the show. It's kind of the ending of deer season survey that DNR sends out and how important it is to fill it out and send it back to them because it does help. Um, it gives a lot of information and kind of shows you what you're looking towards in the next season, which is actually coming up pretty Trending. soon. Trending, yes. Trends. Trends. And I'm going to throw out a lot of numbers, and all these are estimated numbers, so take it with a grain of salt what you will. Uh, but with statistics and statistical sampling, mm-hmm. may not be an exact number, but over time, the margin of error gets narrower and narrower, and you get those trends that you're looking for in hunting. 
Because you're never going to have a specific number. All right. Never. It's impossibility. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So, starting off, on the forefront of things, hunters in 2021 took less deer than in 2020. Now, keep in mind, 2020 was our prime COVID time. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people, <coughs> a lot more people outdoors. When, you know, hunting licenses were through the roof, you know, people were figuring out that the outdoors wasn't closed. That was one of the places they could go anytime. Um, but this is said to be caused by the drop in numbers of hunters. So, which Southwick has said, or the Southwick Associates study says, license sales has dropped off in 21 as compared to 20. Mm -hmm. And along with deer, fewer coyotes were killed. So you're sitting in the stand, see a coyote come through, um, incidental kill. But fewer kills than deer of 2021. We went we went out with thermals this past week. Mm-hmm. I killed four coyotes last year. This year I have heard none, have seen none, and we, we called and saw none Which the other night. We had a big push over about three years of coyotes. Oh, gosh, yeah. Took up like just, boom, a whole bunch of residential area. Yep. In our state. So maybe that's pushed out. I made him feel unwelcome. Yeah, good job, Daddy. <laughs> but also, there was a drop in the number of hogs taken, too. So we're, we're making progress on that side of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a decrease of about 12% statewide harvest last season, and that's deer. And the estimated numbers for that is 95,000 bucks. 79,000 does, and about 174,000 deer in total. Uh, so that, okay, that's just some estimated numbers, but that's down from the estimated 197,000 deer taken in 2020. And that's according to Charles Ruth. And are we going to have him on and talk about some numbers here in a little bit? No, okay, that, never mind. Have you seen the schedule? I just, I think, I think it's, I think it's due. I'm a year after. I I spoke to Robert Broyles again at ICAST. I need to get you on the phone. I show. Anytime, just let me know. That was last year at ICAST. Again, this year at ICAST. (laughs) And then I've got somebody that we might have to bump that to get something else on about redfish. So. And then we got shrimping we're supposed to be doing this month. And. Yep. So, anyway, go ahead. So. That we talked about the decrease in hunter numbers. It's down about 13% in 2021. And the the cause of that could be, I mean, back in COVID. What, what, what were the total number of hunters in South Carolina last year? Mm, I saw that on there somewhere. Was it? Okay. In 2021? Yeah. So residents were 115,000 and non-residents were 13,000. Okay. About 120, 130,000. And it was like then. a 69% success That's rate. Right. Okay. I'm so, sorry. I didn't mean to take you off the thing. But the, the drop in numbers could have something to do with, I mean, COVID, nobody had anything to do. It was kind of like you were stuck at home, so the only way you could get outside was to go fishing or to go hunting and stuff like that. Now that things have kicked back in, it could be, you know, they found easier things to do. Because, like we said, hunting not, is not always <laughs> easy. Well, but it's not always easy to do. Access. Access is a big thing. Killer. And, I mean, there's just a whole bunch of other non-hunting activities that people could have picked up in 2021. Um, but between 2002-2015, the deer population trended down, 
And that could be credited to habitat change, which we've seen a whole bunch of commercial buildings around Not here. Not only that, but farmers clearing more land True. for more ag. True. It's amazing when you ride back roads in South Carolina how much land has been cleared over the last five years to put in more cotton, soybeans, cornfields, that sort of thing. Right. It's amazing. So habitat change, drought. We've had some we've had some pretty big droughts in the past. What we had one in twenty nineteen that we have a drought? I don't know. Yeah, it does and that takes a few years to hit everything. Right. And then also we had a period of really aggressive hunting on antlerless deer and we talked about the coyote population. Yeah, that could be another thing. They do a number on fawns when they're here. They do. So there's a couple of things taken in perspective with that, but with all that being said, South Carolina is still near the top among the southeastern states in harvest per unit area. Wow. So we're still doing pretty good, but it, it is sad to kind of see the numbers number of hunters drop because we hit our peak, I feel like, in 2020, and it was good. It was great. We love seeing people get outside, but I feel like now, I mean... I don't know. I mean, the, we have we have a whole new season, so maybe maybe we we'll get oh, back we to it. Yeah, we do. That it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So we have pretty much have time for. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it fluctuates, and access is a huge deal. It is. I mean, and, and especially especially with the increase in land prices, uh, a lot of land is being sold, and yep. and put into housing and stuff like that, and that. That impacts what you call carrying capacity of the land, decreases the animals. You know, somebody goes deer hunting for a couple of years and loses a place to deer hunt, yep. and they don't have another place. We we do have 900,000 acres of national forest in South Carolina. I know a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go there because it's dangerous or whatever. Uh, no, I don't think so. There's there's places for you to go deer hunting. You just gotta you, you gotta, gotta find them. them. Yep. And and we're fortunate to have a place, so yeah. we understand those that don't, because I've been there too at times. So anyway, uh, gonna go through some legislative updates in the next segment. So hang on, we'll move back more woods and water cycling on the other side of the break. One of the most iconic MTV videos ever produced, <laughs> right there. Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Ah, I listen knew it. to you. <laughs> listen to you. I'm not completely like. I don't know. I'm not a typical teenager. You are dad. growing up in your music. Well, I pace. sure hope so. I'm well, I mean, about to go to college. Uh, <laughs> Yes. I'm a real life graduate, Daddy. You're a graduate, high school graduate. <laughs> she came home the other day after registering for all her EMT classes, and you have a patch on your shoulder. 
do. A real medical patch. I do. Because you had to get fitted for a uniform. and. <laughs> I went and did a whole bunch of big kid stuff this week. Yeah. And you got your little, you got your little, your little ID card. My little card. retractable little badge oh, reel. looks like a real geek. It's fun to play with. I'll be it sitting is. in class and be like, But <laughs> you have to have that to get in the hospital, the ERs, and everything else that you got to get there. Uh, see, uh, wearing my uniform shirt is great until I get thrown up on. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happened once. It's, no, it happened twice. <laughs> twice, okay. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so every year the South Carolina legislature tweaks things in the outdoors, whether it's big stuff or Loading, just some little stuff. Fishing. That's right. Honey, anything. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take you through some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just so you're kind of we're going to share the pronouns. We're trying to make too much money changing the pages over here. <laughs> I couldn't find it online after I printed it off, so I was like, okay, we got one copy that I'm going to have to do. You We're sitting side start by side. the page. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, so this is what DNR off. has come out with that's new for 2022 and 23. Um, so in this article, I mean, it covers all sorts of Loading, fishing, trapping, hunting. But, it, but it's a little like yeah. they take it and split up into topics. So if, this is going to be a good one. So sit down, make yourself comfortable, and <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah, they only got like 10 minutes to go, sweetheart. Well, anyway, okay. for 10 minutes, be All comfortable. Right. Right. Um, so what's new in boating this year? And it is, we've talked about this before, the new idle speed law um, went into effect this year. It's all about keeping a good and proper distance. Um, on these certain bodies of water from docks and everything. Um, but this law says under a sign law that went into effect in March, um, it's illegal to drive a boat, jet ski, or other personal watercraft faster than out of speed within 100 foot of a dock, uh, wharf, a pier, um, or within 50 feet of a anchored boat or somebody in the water. So, what does that tell you? That is just a big courtesy thing, and it's a big safety thing. And there's a list of lakes on here that... Pretty um, much everyone up in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, And it covers the uh, offshore, too. Mm -hmm. It's 100 yards in the salt. Um, Yours is on the next page? Well, what I was saying right here is 50 feet of docks, bulkheads, piers, and salt water, too, are within 100 yards of the Atlantic Coast beaches. Yeah. Shoreline, which is interesting. Uh, we have a wake surfing bill. It went into effect March the 14th, and it prohibits wake surfing on all waters within 200 feet of a dock, a person in the water, or an anchored watercraft. Wake surfing is defined in the law as operating a vessel that is ballasted in the stern so as to create a wake that is or is intended to be surfed by another person. That's to say to drive boats that are designed or set up to create a significant wake. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there with wakeboarders, uh, and there's a lot of shoreline erosion happening because yep. of it. And that's just a matter of, I think, a lot of people, you know, going into a cove, cutting too close, and you, you throw yep. in a wave. And let me tell you what, it is it is aggravating to be fishing when wakeboarders are out there. And because it's like, and it's like foot, they don't see A three-foot roller, yeah. it, it, you know, I'm taking water over the bow of my bass boat every yeah. time they come by. Yep. Um so, another, it's a safety and courtesy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we There's enough water for everybody to get along. There is. I mean, when I'm fishing, I'm going to be fishing a cast away from the bank or 
Uh, I try not to be out in the middle of the lake fishing during the day. I do that early in the morning if I need to. And and the big water, y'all have at it out there. Just uh, be courteous of other boaters and dock owners and, and that sort of thing, and look, we'll all get along fine. And also, just a reminder, if you are a jet ski that goes out with a pontoon boat or something like that, or even something that you don't know, it is you cannot go up behind that boat and ride their wake no, as a jet skier. No. You cannot. And they'll even get you from jumping wakes now, too. Yes. So just be aware of that. Yeah. I know it's fun. We're not trying to set the fun out of it. It's just a safety thing. Because people don't know when the enough is enough. No. That's the problem. And you don't want to find out why those laws are in effect. Yeah. Uh, migratory waterfowl. New as of July the 1st. Uh, the cost of an annual migratory waterfowl permit, or the South Carolina State Duck Stamp, as it used to be called, uh, has gone from 550 to 1550 residents and non-residents. Money generated from the permit fee is going into maintaining healthy waterfowl population in South Carolina and along the Atlantic Flyway. Uh, At least 250,000 of the waterfowl permit revenue each year must be used to foster healthy waterfowl habitat on the state's wildlife management areas and leverage with other available money when possible to maximize the benefit. The same bill creates the position of waterfowl program manager Within the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, Freshwater Fisheries Division, oversee waterfowl and wetlands management statewide. And then it also creates a six-person waterfowl advisory committee that will be appointed to oversee uh, the work and to prioritize spending on waterfowl management efforts. And a lot of that, you know, if if you've been to, you know, it's dikes, it's planting, it's flashboard riser systems, it's all sorts of maintenance and that sort of thing. Because, you know, Hurricane comes through and busts a dike down at Bear Island. It's a uh, it's a pain to fix and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. All right, so go ahead. Um, this law applies to trapping fur bearing animals. This went into effect July fifteenth. Um, this law allows the trapping of fur bearing animals on private lands for non commercial purposes um, during the established hunting season for each species. Um, you do have to have a valid hunting license, of course. Um, also, what? <laughs> Um, the changes allow for <laughs> the changes allow for the year-round trapping of beavers on private land and non-commercial, or for non-commercial purposes. Um, again, you do have to have a valid hunting license. But there are some seasons here for non-commercial trapping, and this is just beaver year-round. Raccoon and possum March fifteenth through September fifteenth. Coyote is December first through March first, and all other fur-bearing species Thanksgiving through March first. So. Not a huge difference, but if you're a trapper, that yeah. is for you. This is this is opening up a little bit of, of predator control during a non-trapping time of the right. year for the landowner. Right. And you can always this it's always kind of been out there. You have to, but you have to get a depredation permit to do it. I think this, I believe the purpose of this is say, hey, look, do it on your land, have a hunting license, but you don't have to get the depredation permit. I think that's what it's called, but you need to check and make sure. Okay. Um. State law for fishing devices and methods. Uh, there's a really big change here is that state law now prohibits snagging fish in all fresh waters. So if you don't know what snagging means. Go to Alaska. Well, yeah, go to Alaska. <laughs> it's legal in Alaska at oh, some and, point. In some, yeah, yeah. I, sure, I remember that in Alaska. Yeah, I hate that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Snagging is pulling a device, a fishing device through the water with one or more hooks to try and impale a fish. Uh, Not in the mouth. 
Yeah, not in the mouth. It was legal on, it was, was it a thousand feet downstream of a dam or hydroelectric facility? It was legal. Um, but this doesn't apply to people fishing with lures or baited hooks. So I'm kind of, I kind of get confused it, with that because it's like, so now it's completely illegal. Yeah. But it was legal before. I didn't think it was legal at all. No. Like I said, small changes. Small changes. Uh, let's see. Saltwater fishing. Okay. Red snapper season. This is effective May 16th. You know, we had, what, two days on the federal season this year? This caught people yeah, all this is, fired up. And we do have, we did put somebody from South Carolina. I, I'm trying to remember who it is. I'm not going to spoil the fun, but we do have a South Carolinian on the South Atlantic Fisheries Man- Management Council now. And we're going to make more inroads to put more people who actually hunt and fish on some of these advisory committees and all that so we can look out for the recreational boater fisher hunter in South Carolina. Um, red snapper are not often caught within South Carolina state waters, but a new law will allow anglers along the coast to take advantage of some that do encounter. So the General Assembly passed legislation that allows for year-round harvest up to two red snapper per person per day with a minimum size of 20 inches in state waters. Um, possession of red snapper in federal waters is still prohibited outside of the little two-day recreational season, and law enforcement will be strictly enforcing this, this, this distinction. So I guess if you're going to offshore and you catch a red snapper or two, uh, turn around and go back in, or if you're going out, then stop on your way back in and fish for them. Don't stop on the way out and carry it into federal waters because you right. will be in violation. Um, and in general, uh, with changes to South Carolina's trespass law, landowners can now mark boundaries, property boundaries, with a clearly visible purple painted marking. Uh, consisting of one vertical line no smaller than eight inches long and two inches wide, and the bottom of the mark not less than three feet or more than six feet from the ground or water surface. Uh, has to be trees or immovable, permanent, non-movable fixtures <laughs> <laughs> that are not more than 100 yards apart and readily visible to any person approaching the property. So that's the purple paint law that went into effect this year. Purple paint law. Purple paint law, yes. Um, so, yeah. Just some, right. just some new stuff. Yeah, just tweaking things so and all. They do a late. lot of nothing really major this year. There are some, uh, oh, there are some rumblings that they want to close some bottom fishing areas that um, the South Carolina Boating and Fishing Alliance has made been made aware of, and we are working to that. Thirty by thirty was defeated again this year before it ever got much on the House floor. And there's some other things that. Uh, that we're going to have get us on to talk about some of the successes. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having a great weekend. Continue to have a rest one. As always, make time to get out there. Get back roads when you can. Don't forget that camera. See you back here next week. More Woods and Water, South Carolina. Hit me from behind. I'm gone to Carolina. In my mind. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.